Last year, we went through the 12 powers, and uh, every month we took up a different power. And this year, we are taking up the idea of I am. And we begin with I am limitless. I am the open road. I am the wind and the tree, the leaves, the branches, the fruits. I am the newborn baby crying its first breath. I am possibility. I am the trunk and the roots. I am the old woman struggling to get out of her chair, cane in hand, one more walk. I am the old man lying in bed, smiling when his dog comes in the room. I am the leaf that falls in September, the snowflake in December. I am new life, the second chance, the third chance. I am the house in the open prairie and the kids playing in the yard. I love how we become aware of limitlessness in the midst of our small moments, our small lives. When I was a child, my family, my father, my mother, my two older sisters, we'd all climb in our station wagon and we'd make the long drive from our home in Illinois to our family in China Grove, North Carolina. My grandmother Hazel would make chocolate pie and all the aunts and uncles would bring food to share. My cousins and I would play games. We'd walk to the creek. We'd greet the chickens in the yard. We'd play football in the red dirt. We'd laugh and play silly games. I am that child still. That child full of curiosity and laughter will never die. The part of me that is tied to that red dirt and the barbecue and the cherry soda lives on. I could not as a young child know the struggles that each of my aunts and each of my uncles faced. I just saw their laughter and their generous spirits. I did not know the struggles of my grandmother who made a life for herself and her children out of dust and heat and perseverance. I only knew that people listened to her when she spoke and brought her tea. She was old even when I was a child, a green thumb with plants and children, though she probably had every right to shrivel up and die, given the sorrow she had seen. I knew nothing of that. I just knew she made great chocolate pie and that I was happy with when I was with my family in that small little house. The child, in his innocence, lives on limitless. Not because I was innocent. Not because I was sheltered from the harsh realities that visit every life. No, that child lives on and is limitless because I was taught in those moments about unconditional love. I was taught that I was good enough just as I was. I was taught that I had a place in this world that I belonged It was that sense of belonging, of trust, that is limitless, that lives on. I see that limitless sense of truth and belonging and faith in my daughter Nora when she draws or paints. I see it in my son Nick when he is playing with his friends out in the yard. I see it in my seven-year-old Nina when she puts on her goggles and skis down the slope. And when they all play together and create a song or make a movie, or build something only they can fully understand in the basement. I see limitlessness. 
When I think of the idea that I am limitless, I think of it as a natural result of my ability to love and be loved, to share Earl Grey with somebody who is either in hope or despair. When you think of moments when you can see with great clarity the idea that you are limitless, what comes to your mind? At the heart of all creation there is a goodness from which we come and which we live our fullest to which we shall at last return. I can glimpse that goodness on occasion in myself and in others. How have you known it? I see it in the poetry of Walt Whitman. A light, a foot and light-hearted I take to the open road, healthy, free, the world before me, the long brown path before me, leading wherever I choose. Henceforth I ask not good fortune, I myself am good fortune. Henceforth I whimper no more, postpone no more, need nothing, done with indoor complaints, Querulous criticisms, strong and content, I traveled the open road. From this hour, I ordain myself. Isn't that good? From the, I love that. From this, right? From this hour, I ordain myself, loosed of limits and imaginary lines, going where I will, my own master, total and absolute, listening to others, considering well what they say, pausing, searching, receiving, contemplating, gently, but with undeniable will, divesting myself of the holds that would hold me. I inhale great drafts of space. The east and the west are mine, and the north and the south are mine. I am larger, better than I thought. I did not know I held so much goodness. All seems beautiful to me. I can repeat over to men and women, you have done such good to me, I would do the same to you. I will recruit for myself and you as I go. I will scatter myself among women and men as I go. I will toss a new gladness and roughness among them. Whoever denies me, it shall not trouble me. Whoever accepts me, he or she shall be blessed and shall bless me. Whoever you are, come travel with me. We must not stop here. However sweet these laid-up stores, however convenient this dwelling, we cannot remain here. However sheltered this port, however calm these waters, we must not anchor here. However welcome the hospitality that surrounds us, we are permitted to receive it but a little while. You see, the great adventure awaits. The great open road awaits. You are the open road. I am the open road. Such a sense of adventure. I am limitless, Whitman says. I am off to seek the truth. I am off to seek meaning. Come what may. I am off to seek the vitality of a life lived fully and with presence. I will not miss out on this. I swear to you there are divine things more beautiful than words can tell. And there is, of course, heartache and pain and suffering along the way. Years later, removed 20 years from that little boy in China Grove, I had left Illinois and was working and making my life for myself in Washington, D.C. No longer was I a little boy playing in those red fields. 20 years removed from where I stand now, 
I was in Washington preparing to move on from a shattered relationship, my heart broken, a year away from starting seminary. I had not been back to North Carolina for the annual Christmas gathering in many years, but I needed to go back in 1998. I needed to be back among my family and my cousins and my aunts and uncles. I picked up a favorite cousin, Derek, in Richmond. We made our way down to North Carolina. My grandmother had died a few years before. All of us were a bit older. But the rituals remained, the traditions remained. And it was as if no time had really passed. It was all picked up naturally. And the same songs were sung around the piano and the same stories were told. The same laughter was there. We didn't play football out in the yard anymore, but we took walks and we talked. And my broken heart from the shattered relationship began to mend. The eternal, the divine that I had felt among my family began the long process of healing my heart. And I had a sense that no matter what came of life, I belonged. I was worthy. It was going to be okay. My cousin Derek and I picked up a tape recorder and we went down to my Uncle Archie's house later that week. He was dying. He would not make another Christmas and everyone knew it. He was an old preacher, an old storyteller. And we picked up a tape recorder and we sat around and he told us stories about the old days, about Derek's mom and my dad and growing up dirt poor. And in the midst of telling a story, he'd start singing a song that his dad, our grandfather, taught him. Songs we never heard our grandfather sing because he was long dead before we were born. But the song sings in us now. It is limitless. The song sings in us, and it will sing in Nora and Nicholas and Nina and their kids. Uncle Archie and his stories, they're timeless, limitless. Because the song he sang, I can never not hear. The song of your life, you can never not hear. Though the words have faded, the love remains. Jesus, the great rabbi, the great teacher, said, love your neighbor as you love yourself, not as much as you love yourself. We are to love our neighbor in the same way we love ourselves. We love because God loves us. When we accept the unconditional love that God offers then we can allow God to love others through us in the same way. It's God and you loving you, warts and all, and God and you loving all others as they are. That is why the love you have available to you to give away is limitless. Jesus came upon a Samaritan woman, someone who is probably not exactly popular in his group, not trusted in his group, And he came up to her because he knew that she had something to teach him. He had something to teach her. And he said, there is water inside of you that will well up in such a way that limitless life will be with you now and always. The teacher of St. Teresa said that in every soul there is a fountain, and in that fountain love is pouring forth. And this is what St. Teresa's teacher recommended. Dam up the fountain of your soul where love is always springing forth. 
It will be forced to rise. Yet it will remain quiet and at rest within you. Wait for that quiet. You will see in that quiet, rising water the image of God reflected in your own clear waters, more resplendent than in any other thing. When your turmoil of thoughts dies down. Dam up the fountain of your soul where love is always springing forth. It will be forced to rise. It will remain quiet and rest within you. Wait for the quiet. You will see there the image of God, more resplendent than in any other thing. You are limitless. You are the open road. You are the wind and the tree, the leaves, the branches, the fruit. You are the newborn baby crying its first breath. You are possibility. You are possibility. Even you, Joe, you Vegas, are possibility. You are the trunk and the roots. You are the old woman struggling to get out of her chair, cane in hand, one more walk. You are the old man lying in bed, smiling when his dog comes in. You are the leaf that falls in September, the snowflake in December. You are new life. You are second chance. You are third chance. You are the house in the open prairie and the kids playing in the yards. Amen, friends.